Um, for those of you that don't know me, my name is Jason, and I am the campus minister uh, here at the CSC. And um, uh, I've heard some of you left to go check out this kid. But um, I wanted to say thank you to Joey. Uh, Joey played a big part in my time here at the CSC when I was a student. And um, and he actually lived upstairs for like 30 years in the apartment upstairs. So um, Deborah and uh, Kate and uh, going to uh, having to clean the CSC. Um, Joey is going to talk to you about that. But um, thank you for being here tonight. I know that you could be in a lot of places and you chose to be here and spend your time with us tonight. So um, we thank you for that and we don't take that uh, lightly. Um, we don't take your time lightly. So I, I want to um, welcome you if I haven't met you. And um, if you are visiting today, uh, our mission here at the CSC is a pretty simple one. And I say this every week. It is to develop a community of students who know, love, and serve Jesus. Right? We want you to uh, know Jesus on an intellectual level by studying scripture and getting into the word and Bible study. But we also want you to love Jesus on a personal level. And so um, we try to um, develop that by having you experience Jesus in real and tangible ways. And finally, we want you to serve Jesus. Um, we want you to take the love that you have for him and, and propel you to serve him, both here at the CSC and on YouTube's campus, but also in Knoxville and wherever life takes you from here. So that's our mission. That's what we're about. If you have any questions about that, uh, feel free to come find me afterwards and, and talk to me or find one of our student leaders afterwards to talk to them. Um, if you are visiting and you haven't stopped by our welcome table, Please do so. We would love to just uh, talk to you, answer any questions you have, um, grab some information, and we do have a welcome packet for you uh, just for being here today. Um, we are in a series called This or That. And so uh, last week we looked at um, two stories from the book of Luke. And we looked at two wealthy men from the book of Luke, the first being the rich young ruler. And uh, the rich young ruler. Um, he was very prideful, right? Um, he had done everything right his whole life. He had uh, followed all the rules and done everything right. And uh, yet it was his pride that was preventing him from salvation. Uh, he <clears throat> he, uh, he had done everything right. And uh, he, we said that he was actually the only person to ever interact with Jesus in the Gospels that walked away in a worse shape than when he came. Right? And it was his pride of doing everything right his entire life that made him think that he could uh, earn his own way to salvation. Right? He could do enough good on his own to earn his own salvation. But we contrasted that to Another wealthy man named Zacchaeus. And Zacchaeus, he was wealthy because he had cheated everyone in the town. Right? He was a tax collector. And what he did was he overcharged uh, taxes. And so he collected more taxes than he was required to, and he could populate the tax. And he became very wealthy as a result. And Zacchaeus, though, he had the humility to realize that, hey, he was never going to be good enough for our salvation on his own. Right? Uh, 
The only way that he was going to earn salvation was through Jesus. And so he said that pride, right, brought the rich young ruler pain and sadness, while humility brought Zacchaeus treasure to heaven. He said that pride brought pain, while humility brought heaven. And so uh, this week we're continuing this idea of this or that. And we're continuing looking at these characteristic traits that will help you to become more authentic. Because that's our CSC theme for the year, spiritual theme for the year. And so this week we're actually looking at love or hate. Can you ever think how red painted it is? And you guys know what I'm talking about. Like you're doing something wrong, and something catches you right in the moment. Uh, even worse than being caught red-handed is uh, being caught red-handed and it being made public, right? And where everyone knows about it. When I was in middle school, I had a um, uh, a computer class, and in this computer class, this was before like I'm going to be dating myself, right? But before school knew about firewalls and all this stuff, and so. Um, in this computer class, we had this assignment to create our own personal web page, right? And it was pretty simple. We were just using like HTML and CSS and stuff like that. But, you know, it was a personal web page. And I had actually missed the first class because I was sick. And so I come in um, to this computer class and I'm behind it. And I'm trying to uh, catch up and figure out what to do and create my own web page and i had a friend in the class named drew and he was one of those friends that wasn't really a friend you guys know what i'm talking about right a friend that like just is mean to you all the time and makes fun of you all the time um that was true and so drew was not, not the, um but drew was uh uh he was one of those people that was a friend of me that wasn't really a friend and uh he was helping me out with this project and i was surprised the whole time because i thought and Drew is never nice to me, but he's been really nice to me today. And so I just thought he felt bad for me because I was behind or so forth. And so we get going on this project, and then I'm I'm catching up and I'm doing everything. And, and part of the uh, one of the steps of the project was to uh, you know you had your picture, your own picture, and then some text with some stuff you like, and then you're supposed to fill the rest of your web page with pictures from the internet that you found of stuff that you're interested in. Now, Drew and I, we were on the same baseball team, and he told me that, um, he was like, hey, Jason, why don't you uh, add some baseball pictures? Um, go to dicks.com and add some baseball pictures. And, uh, and so, um, I don't know if this is still the case, but uh, back then, dicks.com was not the sporting goods store, right? Um, dicks.com was a porn site. And so, I typed in dicks.com thinking I'm going to the sporting goods store, and sure enough, porn pops up on the screen, and immediately Drew yells out, Mrs. Silk, Jason's looking at porn. Right? All eyes are on me. Right? And to make things even worse, right, my computer screen, sure enough, it has porn on it. Right? And to make matters even worse, right, I'm embarrassed, I start crying. Right? <laughs> I'm ashamed and I know I'm going to get in trouble. And I don't know about you, but as a middle school boy, 
at least for me, like primary was the worst thing you could do, right? Um, it was the most embarrassing thing you could do. And so I'm crying in front of all my peers, right? I know I'm gonna be in trouble. Um, and it just made for a really, really bad day. Right, fast forward a few years, and this time I'm in high school. And uh, in high school, I was notorious for cheating, right? I cheated all the time. Um, in, in fact, if I had uh, spent the time studying that I did preparing to cheat, like I probably would have had to cheat. Uh, that's not my favorite cheating. And I knew all the tricks, right? Uh, I knew to like peel off your water bottle, put the answers in there, so like, see it on the label, um, pull up a sheet, put in your pen, right? Um, and so I knew all the tricks. And the one time I thought I was going to be really clever, and I was like, I came up with this new way, right? I was going to put a cheat sheet, right, in the fly of my jeans. Um, and the problem is, is that, you know, in order to see it, you have to write kind of big, and I made my cheat sheet too big. Right, and so it wouldn't quite fit. And so the only way I could fit my cheat sheet in there was to have my fly open, right? Um, and you know, I thought I was being really clever, right? But teachers didn't really know what's going on. Um, and so uh, sure enough, I didn't really think it through, and I'm looking down at my crotch every like half a second um, during class, during this quiz. And Mr. Pointy, he kind of sneakily gets behind me, and then he sees that I'm cheating and he pulls me out in front of the class and uh, I'm standing in front of the class caught with my fly down and a cheat sheet hanging out. <laughs> and I know that uh, I'm going to get in trouble and I'm embarrassed and I'm going to get a zero on the quiz, right? And when I get home, I'm probably, I, I think I got grounded for like a point. So, you know, maybe you're like me, right? Um, if you're anything like me, I was I was grounded, right, more than I was. I got caught all the time doing things that I should have done. Or maybe you're more like my wife, right? My wife got in trouble once her entire childhood. Like, I'm not joking, she got in trouble once her entire childhood. And that one time was a miscommunication between her and her dad, and her dad was like, <laughs> and so, um, you know, my guess is that you're probably somewhere in between, right? But regardless of where you are on the spectrum, the truth is that we all have things hidden in our closets. We all have things that we are ashamed of that we don't want others to know about. Maybe for you, maybe it is a form of sexism. Statistically, right, 70% of guys, even Christian guys, struggle with looking at that. 60% of women. Maybe it's a drug or alcohol. Maybe you're in an unhealthy relationship. And you know you're supposed to get out, but you're afraid of being alone. And you keep on doing things that you know you should. Maybe 
you're afraid of that if it comes out with the peers and what other Christians are going to say. We all have skeletons in our closet that we don't want others to know about. You have your Bibles with you. We're going to be in the book of John today, um, John chapter eight, and uh, we're going to be looking at, at a story at the beginning of John chapter eight. And well, uh, what I like about this story is um, John is not one of the synoptic gospels, right? Uh, meaning that uh, John has some unique stories that aren't found in any of the other three gospels. And so the story that we're looking at today is one of those stories. Right, it's not found in any of the other three gospels, and um, and there's probably a footnote in your Bible that says that this uh story at the beginning of John was not found in some early manuscripts. And, and while that's true, right, and some theologians believe that the story is not inspired, I still think that there's some wisdom that we can glean from this story, and so. The yeah, Bible Bibles, uh, we're going to be in John chapter 8, um, starting in verse 1. It says, Jesus returned to the Mount of Olives, but early the next morning, he was back again at the temple. The crowd soon gathered, and he sat down and taught them. As he was speaking, the teachers of religious law and the Pharisees brought a woman who had been caught in the act of adultery. They put her in front of the crowd. Teacher, they said to Jesus, this woman was caught in the act of adultery. The law of Moses says to stone her. What do you say? Can you put yourself in, the, in this woman's position for a moment? Can you imagine what this woman is feeling at this moment? I'm sure that she is feeling shame. Right? Feeling shame for being caught in this intimate act with someone that she shouldn't have been. Sure, she is feeling embarrassed. She was in the middle of this act and now she's being dragged in front of everyone she knows, in front of the whole town, exposed, practically naked. And I'm sure. Fear for what her accusers could do to her. She fears the people that have dragged her out in front of everyone who have every right to kill her. Continuing on, verse 6. They were trying to trap them into saying something they could use against him. But Jesus stooped down and wrote the dust with his finger. They kept demanding an answer, so he stood up again and said, All right, but let the one who has never sinned throw the first stone. Then he stooped down again and wrote in the dust. I once heard a preacher, and I, I, I just racked my brain and I could not remember who, so this is not my idea. I, I forgot who said this, but I wanted the preacher to say that this uh, this act shows Jesus' love. 
right? Remember, this woman was just caught in the act of adultery and dragged out in front of the town, and yet Jesus, who bends down, starts writing, did the same. All eyes that were once on this woman now are on Jesus. It gives this woman a moment to breathe, a moment to collect herself, a moment to maybe cover herself up. This act shows Jesus' love. Verse 9. When the accusers heard this, they slipped away one by one, beginning with the oldest, until only Jesus was left in the middle of the crowd with the woman. Then Jesus stood up again and said to the woman, Where are your accusers? Didn't even one of them continue? No, Lord, she said. And Jesus said, Neither do I. Go and send no more. You see, this story, this story shows that hatred of man. And the love of Jesus. Right? These men, they were willing to drag this woman out and possibly kill her to prove a point against Jesus. Here's the thing, right? Things really haven't changed for that much since this story. We live in an age of cancel we are so quick to point out the faults of others. Things haven't changed that much. Because here is the truth. And the truth for tonight is that people, people love to hate. For Jesus loves to love. First John 4. Verse 18, it reads, Such love has no fear, because perfect love expels all fear. If we are afraid, it is for fear of punishment, and this shows that we have not fully experienced the perfect love. We love each other because he loved us first. This verse epitomizes what Jesus did in this story of the woman caught in the boat. You see, this woman, she feared the men, her accusers. She feared the punishment that was bound to come her way. Yet Jesus, in his perfect love, expelled the men and expelled the punishment. So, what does this mean for us? What does this mean for us today? More often than not, we are the men in this story. We are the ones willing to drag a woman out so that the spotlight isn't on us. We think that if we point out the faults of others, and show how they are failing, people won't be looking at us and our own faults. 
Christians are some of the most judgmental people on the planet. Can you agree? Christians are some of the most judgmental people on the planet because they want to have a moral superiority of, over others. So wouldn't it be great that if, instead of being known for being judgmental and hateful, Christians actually behave more like Jesus? Right? Christians were known for the love. Well, maybe you relate more to the woman to the You have been shamed and embarrassed and you fear what can happen. Your sins have been exposed for everyone to see. Before we teach that, let me start off by saying, I'm sorry. Right? Sorry for what you're going through. I'm sorry for the way many Christians are treated. And I want to. Beg you and ask you not to equate the actions of Christians with Christianity. Because while Christians may judge and hate Jesus, he loves to love. Jesus loves to love. Regardless of what you've done, regardless of how open it is, regardless of the way other people think of you, Jesus, he still loves you. No matter how wrong you are, or how unfold you are, or how justified the hate that is coming your way is, Jesus still loves because He loves to love you. So, if that is you tonight, remember. And while people may condemn you and may judge you and hate you, Jesus chooses love. All you have to do is accept his love and his presence. So if you are here tonight and you haven't experienced the love of Jesus for yourself, Tonight is as good as the night that any. Make that decision and accept his love for your own life. So if that is you tonight, I would love to talk with you and tell you how to make that happen. Please come find me for another speech. If you have any spiritual needs tonight. Uh, our prayer team, prayer service team, members of our prayer service team will be at the back available for prayer team if you have spiritual needs or something. Uh, please stand and please sing this. Thing.
Can it be that I shall remain and be trusted by 